Canadian international hits, top 40 favorites, and Juno Award winners, all in one place. We are CKIQ-FM. While the issue of CanCon quotas is contentious, CKIQ-FM Akalowit recently took the bold step of revamping its format to an all-Canadian playlist. The move, in part, was in response to a previous CRTC violation for failing to meet Canadian content quotas because of the challenges presented by the Maple Formula, which determines how Canadian or un-Canadian a song is, regardless of whether it's recorded by homegrown talent. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, Glenn Craig, president of Northern Lights Entertainment, joins us to talk about embracing CanCon, his enduring passion for radio, and how a kid from Myra Bridge, Cape Breton, ended up the licensee of two radio stations in the far north. Hi, this is Glenn Craig. I am in uh, radio for, oh my goodness gracious, giving away my age. It's probably 35, 36 years. I started in Sydney, Nova Scotia at a small station, which was a tremendous place to start, uh, called CHER, Cheer Radio. And it was, uh, it was the little little station in town, but they give you great opportunity at a young age. So I believe I had been in, it's funny how I started my career in radio, actually. I went in, I believe I was in grade 11 at the time. I went into the radio station after school one day with my dad. He sat in the lobby. They took me down to the production studio. I had, I had told them, I'm here. I want to be in radio. I want to see the station. And I was all excitable. We went down to the production studio and they gave me the, the parameters, how they do it. The guy sat in the booth. He said, I'm going to count you down and point, and I want you to read this commercial. So I read it over. I took a deep breath. I was ready to go. They played the music bed. They ran a Glace Bay booklet bingo commercial. I remember it well. I read the commercial, and the guy at the end, it was supposed to be, he says, try to make it 30 seconds. I made it 29, which was perfect. He says, uh, just a second, wait here. And he went down, and he got the program director at the time. It was uh, Mark Ellsworth. She came down, listened to it. Uh, they said, that's it. You're done. They gave me a little tour, you know, the 10 cent tour of the studio. And I had never been in a radio station before. So it was, you know, it was like being in a station in New York City for me. You know, the old pots and all the things that we, we never see anymore, the old boards. And we used to have to play records and 45s. It was uh, carts for the commercials, the, the grand old days of radio. In the meantime, they were going to give me the, you know, keep studying, do well in school, and, uh, you know, come on back. While I was there, the, uh, there was a blowout between the overnight guy and uh, the program director. She walked out of the office, and uh, I can't repeat in a podcast or on the air what uh, the, the guy said to her. She fired him, said, you start at midnight. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm still in high school. So I went into work that night. They didn't train me. They said, you're on, kid. See you later. So it was, and it was reporting week for CRTC. We had to submit the log. So I had to, I had to write down each song. I had to have them queued up. It was, it was chaos. I'm glad I don't have a, a tape of my first show. But anyway, they, they, they thought I had a great voice for radio back when I was about 
13, 14 years old. A very fortunate right place, right time. I worked there for a little while. I went to uh, C-103, which I believe still has the uh, Rock 103 moniker in Moncton, New Brunswick. Could be wrong. Was not happy in Moncton at the time. Decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to uh, Cape Breton. They hired me before I even got back. They said, no, you can come back if you want to come back. So I went back to Cape Breton. I had uh, then taken the bull by the horns. And uh, I, I said to myself, the only way to, to keep financially and uh, professionally stable in this industry was to do anything they asked. So I read the news. I was on the air, uh, did the play-by-play for the university teams. And it paid off because uh, in time I got offers in uh, Fredericton. I worked in Fredericton for the Fredericton Canadians Hockey Club. And I worked at CFNB Radio before their merger with uh, C-High and C-K-H-J. We merged, and they, uh, at that time, had two sports guys. I was doing sports. The Canadians, meanwhile, were uh, moving to Quebec City, where the position became French-speaking, and I was going to be out of a job. So that was on a Thursday afternoon. They let us go at 4.30. The next morning at 8.29, I get a phone call from uh, the program director at CJCB. said, I hear you're uh, looking for work. How would you like to be the play-by-play guy for the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles? I did that for several years. After that, I got a job offer in uh, Iqaluit, Nunavut, which sounds like small town radio, which it is and was, but the opportunity to uh, go there. And uh, I really wanted to be on air. I wanted to be a jock. And I had uh, gotten older in radio. I'd been in radio for about 30 years. And I said, you know, everybody says you're really good at news or you're great at play-by-play, but I'm just not happy. The, the play-by-play meant, you know, two weeks at a time, 30-hour bus rides. I still have uh, back problems and neck problems now, which I've actually needed surgery for because of the basically the wear and tear of sitting on a cold bus for, for an entire winter. I went to Iqaluit. I did the afternoon show for a little while. They uh, parted ways with their morning girl. Made me the morning man, the sales guy, a little bit of everything. I did uh, sales for them, and we worked out. I was going to leave Iqaluit if I didn't get more money, and uh, I had told them I was leaving. They called me back 15 minutes later. We worked out a commission deal. My sales were so high, the commissions were so good that they put the commissions towards sale of CKIQ-FM. We used that money toward the, the uh, purchase, and I bought CKIQ. I went on to uh, open a second station in Iqaluit, CKGC, and uh, to this date, I've got those two, and I operate about six or seven other internet-based only radio stations, which we do have plans for the work, possibly uh, on-air frequency licenses. Uh, I know one is in the United States. There are legal things I have to deal with there, but we'd like to uh, get an FCC license, and I continue to grow. I have a passion for radio. It's all I've ever done. I love to talk, as you know, Connie, and all my friends do. So this is uh, this is what I do, and I'm passionate about it. So let's talk about the local radio market in Iqaluit. What's your listener base like? And and you have a mix of talent that are heard on your stations that are actually from across the entire country. But you also run a lot of local initiatives on air. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you do up there? I would argue it's one of the smallest commercial markets in the entire country. And along with that comes uh, some some issues where you're dealing with a, a much smaller business clientele to uh, sell ads to. We do okay. 
we survive in that market. It was tough during COVID, but we had uh, banked a little bit of money. We were able to get through that without any uh, of the incentives or initiatives from the government, you know, to hands out, handouts to keep businesses alive. We were able to do that when other other businesses, other stations, in fact, had uh, struggled. You know, as I mentioned, we're, we're passionate, or I am passionate about radio, and I try to find people to uh, do on-air work that have that passion. One of my morning men is Dave Patrician on CKGCFM. That guy is as passionate as it comes and uh, hardworking. I think one of the bigger feather in the hat, I mentioned to you off-air, was the fact that we do a radio bingo which I don't know how many stations across Canada do radio bingo, but I'll tell you what, they should. It is very lucrative for both the station and for the Iqaluit Amateur Hockey Association, who uh, at last report, we make over a million dollars a year that goes toward ice rentals, taking youngsters out of Nunavut for tournaments across the country, which, you know, uh, when you live in Iqaluit, a very remote area, the airfares are expensive and the ice times, everything's expensive in Iqaluit. So uh, that's one of the feathers is uh, giving giving people an opportunity to uh, have local radio. And that's what we strive to do. Let's talk about your recent move to go all Canadian. What was behind, you know, this format tweak? Because I know you've experimented before with, you know, the all Canadian workday and some other playlist tweaks. Well, Connie, you know, the fact that uh, I am a, a passionate radio guy, I'll take it one step further. I am passionate about Canadian music because growing up in uh, Nova Scotia, the Canadian content rules, and that meant uh, a lot of a lot of the uh, AM radio hits that uh, you know are are long since forgotten. Don't get airplay anywhere across the country. In fact, one of my my radio uh, buddies is uh, Ian Robinson in Halifax, and he constantly listens to our stations online. And he's just amazed. He had mentioned yesterday, he was texting me and saying, oh my gosh, you're playing Murray McLaughlin. I haven't heard this in 30 years. You're playing Brave Belt, the origins of Backman Turner Overdrive. He goes, no, he goes, this is great. He goes, I listen. I, I'm afraid to turn it off because I don't know what you're going to play next. And we started with the All Canadian Workday. And that was basically to uh, protect our behind. You know, there's a lot of CRTC Canadian content rules, and we had had some issues with those in the past. Unbeknownst to us, we we weren't as familiar with the rules and regulations. We'd played a lot of Canadian music, which, you know, you can play a Canadian artist, but there's music, artist, label, and producer. A Canadian artist can be uh, uh, produced on an American label. All of a sudden, they're not Canadian content, even though someone like Celine Dion, a lot of her music isn't Canadian. So we don't get credit. So what we did was we tried out the... Uh, all Canadian Workday, which we still do, 9 to 5 on CKGC, which is our classic hits all day, classic rock all night long. And, uh, you know, it sounded good. Most people listening, in fact, myself, who listen to it and ha- work in that industry every day, geez, you don't even, unless you really, you know, brand it into the listener's mind, you don't even realize these are all Canadian songs. They're just good songs, good music. So I had uh, tinkered with, CKIQ over the years, and we had tried many different formats. Uh, we even tried a country format, which I thought was pretty successful. And then the light bulb went off late in the summer. I said, you know what? There's no station that I know of in Canada who has an all-Canadian format. So I'm sure, hopeful, that the uh, powers that be in the commission, the uh, CRTC, are happy about that. And uh, I'll tell you what, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. I get a lot more requests, a lot of people tuning in, especially uh, when I'm setting up music in the evenings for the rock portion. We play kind of a 
We do the 70s at 7, which is AM radio gold. You hear Marie McLaughlin. You hear uh, the 49th Parallel, uh, Sylvia Tyson and Ian Tyson. You hear uh, Poppy Family. Uh, all those 70s songs that a lot of people might be listening grew up with that don't get airplay. We do the 70s at 7 in the morning, 7 to 8. Then we jump in 8 till 5 with basically a kind of a hot AC type sounding station where we play music like Rough Trade and we play Tom Cochran, uh, the music of Martha and the Muffins and stuff like that. Then at night we go rock. So it's Canadian rock and we do a lot of deep tracks, solo material. So uh, somebody had mentioned to me the other day, wow, you played Lover Boy in one hour. You also played Streetheart and you played a solo track from Paul Dean. Now, Paul Dean is in Lover Boy, a founder. He founded Streetheart, and we played a solo track. So we play a lot of uh, the, the rockin' Canadian tunes. We play a lot of maritime artists. There's a lot of people in Iqaluit who lived in uh, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and they uh, they enjoy when we play, uh, be it local artists from Iqaluit or maritime songs. Like I just played uh, earlier today, I played Brett Ryan and Matthew Mays, who were both out of Halifax. And again, uh, I kind of strive to, if we if we don't play a hit, we sure try to make it a hit because we play songs that uh, should appeal to people. They're good music, even though they're not played in other markets. We strive to uh, give them the airplay and uh, see what the people think. I guess the people have the final say in the format. As you mentioned, the ironic thing about this is you've been slapped on the hand by the CRTC before for not meeting your CanCon quotas. Despite the challenges of the current quotas, obviously you have a deep love for and knowledge of Canadian music. Well, if you looked at my record collection, which is pretty modern, I've got about probably 15,000, 20,000 records, singles, albums. And I would say that 70% of those, maybe 50, we'll, we'll call it 50% of those, half of my collection of uh, old vinyl is Canadian music. I it's what I grew up with. It's uh, I remember my first people will ask me what what's the first record you ever owned, and I said it was the best of Backman Turner Overdrive so far album. So I listened to Give Me Your Money Please and Taking Care of Business and Roll Down the Highway and I I kind of I kind of was listening. Now it's sort of like my daughter. I have two teenage daughters and they don't listen to the modern music of today. My 15 year old last night was listening to Van Halen and Kiss. I could hear that bellowing from her bedroom. So uh, I was I was very similar. They're they're victims of circumstance with their old man. But back in the day when, uh, you know, the the top 40 hits were on the radio in my local market growing up, I still had a love of uh, old music. I listened to uh, a lot of 60s music, be it Canadian or not. I listened to stuff like Gene Pitney and I listened to The Doors and I I, I just I had a love of music. And that really it really came through in my uh, programming. Now, I did have a problem with the CRTC. And uh, again, there, there, were, there were issues with our formatting and some of the music we played that, that were Canadian songs. We weren't given credit for, so we fell below our, our plateau of what we should have been playing. And that I took very personal. I was very deeply affected by that because I strive to play Canadian. And I, again, now with the all Canadian format, if uh, something slips through the cracks and they go, oh, that that's only on an that's a Canadian artist, but it doesn't meet the other requirements. I said, all right, now we're only at ninety nine point nine seven percent Canadian for the month. So I think I think I've covered my Canadian content. I believe we have to play thirty five percent on 
on one station, 40% on the other. And we, we certainly meet the requirements on both stations. Obviously, you know, the maple system and CanCon quotas were something that was raised repeatedly during the radio review proceedings. Is there work there to be done to adjust some of the issues that you've been referencing? I endorse the Canadian content rules. I endorse them. Basically, uh, the percentages, I endorse those as they stand now. I, I, I do believe that a lot of radio stations, uh, if there were no Canadian content rules, I believe you'd see a lot of radio stations who would let these songs slip through the cracks. Nobody would be playing Canadian content. Uh, I believe a lot of the songs are played only because you're mandated to. One of the things about that is it is frustrating from a standpoint. A lot of these rules and regulations, you know, these were these came to fruition back in the uh, early 70s. Now, that was that was when we were in a, a mono, an AM radio, a whole different landscape, a whole different playing field than we are now. So I think there's some work uh, to be done, kind of clarify the rules, make it uh, a little different. And as I mentioned, being in a in a small market, we're not competing with just a, 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 I got sidetracked there, but other other stations, you're competing now with Spotify. There's still video channels available in uh, some markets on television. You are competing against a whole different landscape. It's not just radio versus radio. It's radio versus a whole different platform of audio uh, options, including internet radio. You can basically go on. The, you can listen to my stations on the internet uh, in Vancouver, or as Ian does in Halifax. Meanwhile, the people in the Calwood or my markets, they can also listen to stations. So you still have to bring out the best, and you, you got to work hard to uh, compete in this in this radio landscape that we live in today. It's only been a couple of weeks, but how has the all-Canadian format been received so far? Better than expected. As I had mentioned to you uh, earlier in our conversation, uh, we get a lot more requests. We get people who uh, were were listeners to CKG. I had an email the other day from a listener, Ross. He is uh, a faithful listener of CKGC. He's jumped ship. He goes, I I listen at work. And he says, when I get home, I put it on... He goes, I've never listened to the radio in the evening at home. He goes, I listen now because I love the music. So, uh, again, we try to play that uh, that mix in the evenings uh, where it's rock and uh, a lot of deep tracks. But you don't hear them on radio anymore. So it brings back, I think, a lot of memories. It's a good sound, good mix. And uh, so far, so good. Is there a thought you want to close on, Glenn? Even though it's a tough landscape now, again, we mentioned uh, that you have to compete against uh, so many platforms for music. It's still a lot of fun. You know, I wish I wish everybody still had a passion for radio like I do. That's one thing I'm guilty of is I love radio. We're going to uh, continue to work hard and, uh, you know, keep radio alive. Hopefully the people out there in the listening audience enjoy it as much as me. Thanks so much for joining us, Glenn. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's been a whole lot of fun. Thanks, Connie. We are CKIQFM, the all-Canadian superstation. I dust balls. Me, the unfriendly giant, look up way up. Come on into the castle today because it's astrology day. If I could find the paper. I've got the paper here, unfriendly. Don't worry about it. Reading those giraffe soccer scores again, I guess. No, no. Well, yeah, but I was also looking at the horoscope. Uh, I'm a a Gemini, you know. Give them here, you know, horoscopes. You know, some people live and die by those. Yeah, me. I live and die by those things. Yeah, you believe in the Easter hamster, too. I do so. I know that's right. Yeah, Uh, uh, what's your sign? uh, Aries. Aries? Yeah. Let me just look it up here. 
Canadian international hits, top 40 favorites, and Juno Award winners, all in one place. We are CKIQFM. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.